The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey everyone, welcome back to the program today. Feeling a bit better today than yesterday. So grateful for that. I've got a a bunch of folks on the line today. My first guest in this first segment is Reggie Littlejohn. Just a little bit about Reggie. She's the founder and president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers and the co-founder of Stop Vaccine Passports Task Force. Boy, that is a, a hot button item right there, and that's what we're talking about. Welcome, Reggie. It's nice to have you on the show. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate being here. You know, we cover all of uh, the Central Florida to North Central Florida area. A lot of people are so interested and very concerned about everything that's gone on with this vaccine. I mean, I go all the way back to when it was first discussed, and it, it you know, it felt urgent. And we had uh, those uh, supposed professional doctors on the screen every day assuring us that once this vaccine came out. But then once it did, I started hearing a few people that I really love and respect have some concerns. And you know what? Their concerns have borne out to be right on spot. And you're one who also believes that this is a troublesome thing, right? Yeah, and I just want to say to your audience that lives in Florida, um, you guys are so lucky. You are so lucky to be in Florida because those of us who live in deep blue states are really concerned um, and are being, you know, discriminated against for not being vaccinated. Uh, And so anyway, you know, Florida is, is one of the best states in the country in terms of medical freedom. I agree. And uh, my uh, daughter and son-in-law just got back from a vacation and everywhere they were out of state. And they told me that everyone they talked to, once they found out where they lived, they told them two things. How, first of all, they said, how are you doing from Hurricane Ian? And then secondly, we love your governor. (laughs) That was right. (laughs) That was the, uh, the report that they heard over and over again. Reggie, tell me a little bit, first of all, before we get into the vaccine thing, tell me a little bit about you. This is our first time to chat. How did you get into doing what you're doing? Well, I'm an attorney. I'm a graduate of Yale Law School, and I was a complex commercial litigator in San Francisco in the mid-90s. And during that time, I represented a couple of refugees in their cases for political asylum in the United States. And the first one was a woman who had been forcibly sterilized under China's one-child policy. Wow. Um, Meaning that she was dragged out of her home, strapped down to a table, screaming and crying. And they performed that surgery, which is invasive abdominal surgery, with no anesthesia. And she ended up with a massive infection, which led to chronic back pain and chronic um, abdominal pain, chronic migraines, I believe, for the rest of her life, at least until the point that I represented her, which was years later. So that was when I found out in the mid-90s that uh, China's one-child policy, which is now its three-child policy, but the one-child policy was enforced through forced abortion, forced sterilization, and even infanticide, whereas the Chinese propaganda was that it was – you know, that it was voluntary. So fast forward, 
I founded Women's Rights Without Frontiers originally to fight against forced abortion in China. We're also the only organization in the world that has boots on the ground inside of China that is actively saving baby girls from sex-selective abortion and abandonment and poverty, and also abandoned widows in the Chinese countryside. And because I was a, a an observer of Chinese totalitarianism for so long, I became very concerned when I saw these vaccine passports yeah. being rolled out because they are very similar to the China social credit system. And that is used as a tool of mass surveillance and totalitarian control. Wow. You know, we've heard about these things coming from China for years, the forced uh, limitation of how many children. And I think a lot of people uh, put that off to communist China. They, they don't realize the implications or they don't recognize maybe the fact that so many of these things are so similar, just like you said, to what they're doing that are now being rolled out here in our own country. We know that abortion is, is the number one topic that's now being talked of uh, in the Democratic Party, especially with President Biden's uh, recent statement that if he is given after the midterms a Democratic Congress that codifying abortion is going to be his job one. I mean, top priority. So it, we really do need to realize that some of these things that have been going on in China may be feeling like it's a world away. It's not really a world away at all, is it? Well, this is, this is the thing. The one-child policy, they had this system of mass surveillance that was done just without t technology. Um, so it was like everybody spying on everybody else. If a woman was Ill illegally pregnant, meaning she was pregnant without a birth permit, she could be ratted on by her neighbors, her friends, her family, her coworkers. They hired people just to look at women's abdomens in the, in the villages. And if somebody looked pregnant, they would stop them. And if they didn't have on their bodies their birth permit, they would be forcibly aborted. Um, so that system of surveillance in China has has morphed into a very high-tech surveillance system called the social credit system, where they, um, you know, where they centralize into a centralized database all these things so they have facial recognition, real-time geolocation so they know what you look like and where you are, where you work, where you live, um, all of your social media posts, all of your internet search history. So like if you posted something against the government, that that would be very bad for you. If you did a search that they don't like, like if you, if you search Tiananmen Square or Free Tibet, this could be a, a huge problem for you. Um, your criminal history, your medical history, your vaccine status, um, and any number of other things, okay? all into one centralized database where they decide, they give you a social credit score, meaning how reliable, how compliant are of a Chinese Communist Party student person are you. If you're compliant, if you're quiet, if you just go through the flow with the flow, you can have what looks like a normal life, but you will be a slave because as soon as you step out of line, they will lower your score. So if you get a lower score, you will not be able to um, travel you will not be able to borrow money so you can't buy buy a home or start a business um your kids will not go to the school that you want them to go to and if you if you keep it up they will actually cut you off from your credit cards and your bank account and if you continue to defy them they will just disappear you okay oh my goodness 
Okay, so so that so that whole system of centralized control, I was really alarmed, and I heard this from Dr. Naomi Wolf, but I I, I confirmed it with a couple of high tech uh, friends. This whole system of China's social credit system can be attached to the the vaccine passport, which is, is or any digital ID that says what your vaccination status is. So it could be called a smart health card. Um, it could be called, you know, digital ID or even a digital driver's license. Any digital platform that is mandatory um, can be used to attach all this functionality and bring the China social credit system to the United States. And then plus the Biden administration is pressing for a central bank digital currency, which mean that would mean that the central government, our government, would be in charge of our money so that if we did or said or did things that they don't like, like, for example, if you question, you know, whether or not 2020 was a fair election, if you do what we're doing right now, which is questioning the vaccines, you could end up being cut off from your bank account or your credit card. Um, It's a way of utterly paralyzing people. And so that's why I am advocating strongly. That's why I co-founded the Stop Vaccine Passports Task Force. And I have been sounding the alarm ever since on this. You know, this uh, this whole thing that you're talking about, about the, uh, our search history, again, that is something that could come back to bite so many people on so many ways when they don't realize that even uh, what they think is a private search on their computer is actually being logged somewhere and can be assimilated into a data bank that is on you. So all of these people, it's just like Orwell's big brother is watching, is is finally here in a most scary way, right? Right. And, and Biden tried to establish a disinformation governance board. And there was so much pushback against that that he didn't was not able to establish it like openly. I believe it just went underground. I, I believe that they're still doing what they said they were going to do, but they're just not calling it a disinformation governance board. But they wanted to um, identify what they called domestic threat mm-hmm. actors. And a domestic threat actor is anyone who who challenges the integrity of the 2020 election or the vaccines. Mm-hmm. So you and I, you know, Mike, you know, could be c- characterized as, and you know as domestic threat actors just by this conversation. Oh yeah. And then what do they do to domestic threat actors? I mean, just just think of what happened in Canada earlier this year. All right. So we had the trucker strike. Right. The truckers and people who had donated to them. So just even people who had given $50 to the truckers suddenly found that they were cut off from their bank account and from their um, from their credit cards. I mean, what are you going to do if you have no access to your money? You know, that, it, it, that's ahead. so true. I mean, we, we all know that they've claimed that it was uh, not sent out uh, correctly or sent out prematurely or whatever. But PayPal put out that thing recently uh, that it just caused a storm of a $2,500 fine to PayPal users if if they caught wind that you had done something or spoken out or been guilty of such a, uh, quote, crime as speaking out against something uh, like the vaccine or whatever, that we could be fined and, and they would have access to our accounts. So you're saying that our bank accounts could actually be cut off from us, right? Well, yeah, especially if they, if they establish this central bank digital currency. Um, but I mean, I, okay. Just think about this. I was recently booted off of Twitter. Now 
this is what I posted. I said, um, the CDC has just approved vaccines for babies as young as six months old. Um, vaccines should not be mandated for babies and should not be on the childhood vaccination schedule. That's an opinion. The first sentence is a fact. The second sentence is an opinion. It's not even that controversial of an opinion, but I was kicked off of Twitter for misinformation. So this is, you know, this is how closely they're monitoring you and how they, they define misinformation is very, very broad. Um, and yeah, the PayPal thing, you know, they, it's sort of like Biden's disinformation board. He thought he could get away with it, but when people pushed back, he just, he, 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 he pulled back. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean he's not doing it. All right. But PayPal, they said, Oh, I'm sorry. This went out. This was a mistake. Well, you know what? They live in such a, I don't know what you want to call it, echo chamber that they thought that this was a cool thing to do. And they thought people were going to go along with it. And when people didn't go along with it and there was an outcry, then they pulled back on it. But that's what they would do if they could do, if they thought they could could get away with it. Right. And that's uh, something that could still be down the road. I mean, we don't know that. And these are things that make this upcoming election all the more important, doesn't it? Yes. Get out and vote. Get out and vote. Get out and vote. You know, I've heard this so many times, Reggie, that elections bear consequences. And I think we're seeing uh, in massive ways the consequences of some of the elections that's gone on where a lot of people maybe felt that their vote didn't mean anything. But that could not be further from the truth right now. Uh, Our votes mean everything. And if we want a country that we've enjoyed and had freedoms, I mean, I I go back to that song, uh, Lee Greenwood's song, I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. Uh, I'm not so sure that we can know that as much as what we think we can right now. And it is very important. I know that our ultimate trust as believers in God is in the Lord. And I, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night right now if I didn't have that kind of confidence. But that doesn't mean that we're to do nothing. That doesn't mean that we are just to sit around and do nothing. We must get busy and we must vote. And this vote is going to be very important. Right. I mean, the the solution, if you if you think there's a problem with the electoral system, the, the solution is not actually what I would consider to be a lazy or even a cowardly solution, which is like, oh, well, I think it's corrupt. So I'm just going to not participate. OK, this is the best uh, electoral system in the history of the world. And if you think it's corrupt or you think there's a problem with it, what you got to do is get more involved, not less involved. You know, be a poll worker. Right. You know, get involved with the electoral process. You don't don't just sit back and say, well, you know, I'm just not going to participate because that's the way that the whole thing is going to just, you know, implode if if all the good people just don't participate. Yes, indeed. We've uh, had many discussions on this show about uh, the fact that had um, the people who had voted in the fall election in 2020 would have shown up for those special elections in Georgia, those two seats would never have gone over and given the majority of the Senate over to the Democrats because the the, the margins were razor thin, but 250,000 voters who voted in in the other side of the aisle did not show up for that one. Hey, we've got just a couple of minutes left. Give us the word on this uh, vaccine thing that just came out. Well, yesterday, the CDC approved, or not approved, they recommended 
um, vaccines for kids as young as six months old. Now, the word went out that the CDC is now mandating vaccines um, uh, for six-month-old babies. That is not true, although you know our, 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 our government is heading in that direction. But what they did is they recommended it, and what that does is it gives the states that want to mandate uh, those vaccines for teeny tiny kids, uh, it gives them the backing. So it's recommended by the CDC. So we're just going to mandate it and your kid is not going to be able to come to school unless he or she has that vaccine. And in my opinion, this is unconscionable because we don't don't know the long-term effects of these mRNA gene therapy so-called vaccines. And it's, and it's, it's unconscionable to mandate them for little kids. Or anyone, in fact. And we don't really know either, and you correct me if I'm wrong on this, that uh, the the vaccine that people got in round one is even the same configuration of a vaccine. I mean, it could have been altered in this amount of time. It, it could have been changed, and we just wouldn't necessarily know that, right? Well, we, okay. It has been altered and changed because they're trying to aim it at whatever is the current you know, variant. So we had the original variant, then we had Delta, then we had Omicron, blah, blah, blah. They keep trying to aim it and, and at, mm-hmm. the, at the new one, but usually they're at least a variant or two behind. So, so you're getting vaccinated now for something that was the variant, you know, six months ago or a year ago, and it's not going to work anyway, which is why these vaccines are, are not stopping um, infection and they're not stopping transmission. That's right. And uh, the the whole word, the promise that uh, the president gave us that if we get the vaccine, we won't get COVID was proved to be just nonsense because it's almost like you got the vaccine. You're going to get it within a short amount of time is what it appears. So, boy, this is something. And the fight is on. We're all going to have to have courage and trust in God here. And I really thank you for what you're doing. Give us your website address, Reggie. Women's Rights Without Frontiers.org. That's Women's Rights Without Frontiers.org. And you can find out there how we are saving baby girls um, and abandoned widows in the countryside of China. Oh, what a great work you're doing. Reggie Little John, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much, Mike. And I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, starting to. I think I'm on the mend. We'll see here. (laughs) Thank you. And we'll be back in a moment. Don't go away. This is Afternoons with Mike. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Back again here for segment two, and on the line with me, I've had uh, this lady here before, and she is awesome. So grateful for Nina May. Nina is an author, a political commentator, and she produces films and films that are helpful and that bring information that we all need in a time like this. Nina, welcome back to my program. Well, thanks for having me. We really appreciate it. Well, it's great to hear from you. And you're one of many people, especially like what I've just had on. I just had a chat with Reggie Littlejohn. And uh, I know you would probably be familiar with Reggie. Sure, yeah. The work that is being done behind the scenes in this country is so important. And what you're doing to draw attention, both through your books, through your comments, 
and through the films that you make are are making a difference and it's drawing attention to something that has to be has to be known but i i know that you would feel the same as i do that this upcoming election for the future of our country is pretty important right oh my gosh it's amazing it's um We've got to do it. And it's interesting. Everybody looks at the polls, the official polls, and a couple of these pollsters are very dear friends. I've known them for years, and I actually even challenge them because I say I've been getting calls from pollsters for years, like Gallup poll and everything, and I always take the call, but I always lie to them and I, because I want to twist it the way I want to twist it. So I'm usually a, um, a black female in my mid-40s, and I love my Democrat Party, but I just don't like the way they stand on abortion. That's oh just, I, it's just breaking my heart. And so I've asked even Scott Rasmussen, I asked, I said, how do you, what do you do with people like me that aren't going to tell you the truth? And they say, well, they kind of have an algorithm, but he admitted that it's gotten out of control, that um, they really cannot control the polls. And here's the poll to watch. When, the, when Trump was running, remember all those flotillas that they had? Yes. Boats? I mean, hundreds of thousands of people all over the country getting their boats out and the American flag and the Trump flag and everything. They tried to do a Biden flotilla at one of them, and I think eight people showed up. It was just sort of to mock it. So you go, okay, well, that's interesting. Then you look at all his um, his outdoor performance. That not Well, they are kind of a performance because it's Donald Trump, but his outdoor rallies that he would have. And always it would be about 20, 25,000 people over and over and over again. And then you think of all the 25,000 people that are there. They each have at least, and this is a, a very conservative number, at least 50 people in their address book or their they know the emails of. Well, they're going to take pictures while they're there. They're going to send it to their A-list and say, hey, guess where I was today? I was watching you know, Trump. So they're not going to send it to someone that's going to give them a hard time. They're going to send it to their like I say, they're A-list. Right. So you multiply that out, and by gosh, if it doesn't pretty much come out to what he won, the, the number of, of votes that he won. Now, you have, also have to look at the other side. How much are they going to cheat again? And we all know that they cheated. And for them to say, oh, they didn't cheat, I go, okay, well, you know what? Go look at the crocodile tears that Hillary, Hillary's been crying for, what, six years now, because she claims that the election was stolen from her. So these people that are called, you know, election deniers, well, that door can swing both ways. The other side, Stacey Abrams is still denying the fact that she lost that election. So there's proof that they uh, that they stole it. You've, they've had show after show on this. They've had experts that look at all the, the statistics that pull these machines apart. They've proven that like 1.25 um, points go to one candidate and 7.75 goes to another candidate, you know, on and on and on. They've shown this. So we're supposed to just sit there and dutifully nod like, okay, I guess the election wasn't stolen. Well, that's what they want us to do about everything. They want us to dutifully nod in agreement with their nonsense, like climate change, for example. I mean, prove to me what the climate is changing. Yeah, it is changing. I totally agree with him. It is called seasons. It changes four times a year <laughs> because the tilt of the earth at its axis at 23.5 degrees. Of course, it's going to change the way the sun hits the earth constantly. And do you know that a lot of people don't know this, but in one year, the, the uh, temperature of the earth can change by 260 degrees. It changes a degree, 1.4 degrees every single day as the earth's spinning on its axis. It spins at a rate of a thousand miles an hour. So a lot of things are going to be happening out there. We're talking about clouds trying to keep up 
at a thousand miles an hour. And and at some point when it's too hot or too cold, things happen in the atmosphere. They're called tornadoes, they're called hurricanes, they're called rainstorms, hail. They've happened since the beginning of time, since God hung the earth on a string. It's been going on. And again, it's called seasons. So I think we're making a big mistake when we buy into that, quote, climate control or climate change. I'm sorry, climate change um, nomenclature. Say, yeah, the climate does change and it's called seasons. So, yes, we have seasons and there's not a thing man can do about it. Nothing. You know, not only do seasons change, the narrative has changed so much. In the beginning, it was called global cooling and then it was called global warming. Right. And now they've uh, you won't find those terms being used anywhere no, now. It's all climate change. <laughs> they couldn't prove it. Years and years, decades and decades, I think they said, well, it changed one degree. You're going, oh, I'm sorry, that's not really climate change. That's yeah. just one degree. And then sure enough, 10 years later, it's down one degree. So they can't do it. Here's the interesting thing. We've, we've done a, a TV series, and it's out now. People can watch it. It's called Daily Bread. It's post-apocalyptic. A dramatic series and it looks at a solar flare hitting the earth that is something that man definitely cannot control i don't care how much money they spend it i don't care how much charles swab and you know, the globalists want it to happen you cannot impact a, a, a um, solar flare if it's going to hit the earth and they hit all the time in the upper atmosphere in fact on i think it was 2000 and, or 2012 there was one that hit the upper atmosphere and caused huge damage to, damage to the satellites that were up there. It set uh, towns on fire. I mean, it was devastating. If it had been any further south, it could have knocked us back to the to the um, the Stone Age because what, all you need is an EMP-type solar flare like that to hit the grid, and we're offline. I mean, right. that's it. There, there's nothing you can do about it. So if you do, go to dailybreadseries.com and you can find out all about our series. But that's what the point is, is that a solar flare hits. No one is prepared for it. And now you got to learn how to not just survive, but thrive. And, um, what, what, are the, what are the things we're seeing that the, uh, this whole progressive left party that's trying to move the needles uh, all the way? I, I think of a football term. You can, there's the chain change what happens when uh, you get a first and 10, they move the chains down the field. And it uh-huh. seems the progressive left, they're moving the chains so rapidly right now that they're at yeah. high speed at trying uh-huh. to just change everything and, and everything all at once. And clearly yeah. they're trying to do it when they have this super majority in Congress. But it's yeah. everything from climate change to the whole gender issue to yes. uh, to abortion these are times right now that especially for believers we need to be aware that uh, things are things are happening our the ground is moving under our feet and we've got to oh, not yeah. only pray but we've got to be active no no that's exactly right and i think they've overplayed their hand because it used to be remember the old you know analogy of the the pot of water and the frog in it and you heat up the water and the frog doesn't notice it they've been throwing us into pots of boiling water and people are jumping out going oh my gosh don't throw me in that pot of water. Are you kidding? You're talking about, you know, transitioning a little child because maybe they happen to be a little girl that played with a with a Tommy gun one day or a little boy that, that held a Barbie doll and bent it over and used it as a gun. And you go, he's holding a doll. Nobody's making it into a gun. Don't you understand? Kids don't think in terms of sex at that age. They don't think in terms of sex until the puberty bell goes off. 
And so for to for, for parents and teachers and and you know adults and leaders to do this to children is absolute child abuse. It's child abuse, and there's no accountability. Who do you go to to be made whole after something like this happens? I mean, it's just horrific what they're doing. But um, but yeah, people are starting to push back. I think that this election is going to be a real bellwether, and people are going to go. Oh, okay. So there are a lot of us out there. We're not just a fringe that Joe Biden in front of the red pillars would have you believe. We're not the enemy of the state. We're not domestic terrorists, as they would say. Yes. I mean, my goodness, it's just it's incredible how they have absolutely marginalized the vast majority of the people. But how can you marginalize the majority? That doesn't make any sense. For all of us so, that are parents, we are domestic terrorists. I mean, that's what it is. If yeah. we show that's up uh, to one of the school board meetings and we have strong feelings about any of these issues, gender euphoria or the mm-hmm. forced uh, taking of certain type of curriculum for our kids to be exposed to all this nonsense. If we show up and complain about that, that's kind of the label that's put upon us. That's right. And that's why we need to get out of that system. I think the, the public school systems absolutely failed the, the people that are, are taking advantage or it's good. They're sending their kids to school to read and write and and be able to add two plus two and get four. And that's not what they're getting at all. I mean, these poor kids are illiterate, literally. And they're telling them, oh, it doesn't matter. Whatever you think two plus two is, is fine because it's it's very important that you feel good about yourself. Yeah. And there's no wrong answer. All answers are right and we all get trophies. I mean, you're destroying people's self-confidence you're destroying their 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 sense of of intellectual curiosity and that's just wrong it's just wrong and we're paying for it our tax dollars are paying for that type of indoctrination so i would suggest anyone that can you should homeschool get with a homeschool group there's so many fabulous homeschool groups out there and it is so much fun it's actually very very liberating when you homeschool because you control your schedule you're not you know having to to uh, run around based on, you know, the eight in the morning start time, the three in the afternoon That's end right. time, standing in yeah. line with all the parents and blah, blah, blah. You can do We homeschooled our son for two years and we decided, you know, we're going to have the most interesting and fun homeschooling experience. We're going to take him all over the world. And we did. And so as a, as a producer, as a writer and, and all, I trained him to be able to write scripts, to be able to, you know, write obviously coherently. Uh, to be able to edit, to be able to shoot, to be able to cast. Uh, he knows about music, you know, everything that you need. Oh, and the math is huge when you're when you're filming. Everything is about math. I mean, even the, the page of um, script, you divide into eighths so that you know it's like every scene or every, let me see, every quarter of a page is an hour to film and, you know, on and on. And so you're calculating things constantly. So he learned, he learned geography and he learned history and, and, you know, like I say, um, English, obviously, and math and several other um, uh, subjects just from traveling around the world. And he had to produce something from each country. And now he's got an amazing library of fabulous films he did when he was like 11 and 12 years old. And he's now a producer. Wow. uh, Started making movies at that age. At that age, exactly. Wow. uh, And he loves it. He's very, very gifted and talented. And not not everyone can do that. It's maybe not what everyone would want to do. But do what's in your wheelhouse. What does the Bible say? Train up a child in the way they should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. What that is basically saying 
is understand the giftings that your child has and work with those giftings and so that whatever his destiny is will be fulfilled by you and and encouraging him to him or her to move in that direction and so because i knew that he really enjoyed carrying the, the camera around and making films even when he was five and six years old i thought okay he's shown an aptitude for this he's shown an interest for this so let's ratchet it up let's give him something he could not get in school there's no way they'd be able to get do that in a public school and most private schools. So he got the most unusual, unique um, uh, lesson and uh, what do you call it? Academic experience that you can possibly imagine. It was it was really and I'm telling you what, it was two of the most amazing years of my life, too. Oh, yeah. So I encourage anyone that's listening do it. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about that, because you're going to be spending and wasting money on all these silly things anyway. Your kids are the most important thing you'll do and have in your entire life. Focus on them. It's so important because if you lose them, you've lost it all. You really have. And if they go down this indoctrination path that the um, public schools are on, it's only going to be – it will take a miracle to get them back because yeah. they are out to get your children. They really are. It would appear that there's not going to be a safe school system in the country that we can just have this mindset like, oh, they're a good school. I'm sure they would never do anything like that. I think to do that is to be the proverbial ostrich sticking our head in the sand and not really looking at all the evidence that's out there right now because oh, yeah. it's happening everywhere. Exactly. Even Notre Dame was was having some something happened at their school and it shocked everyone. I can't remember what it was and I don't want to make something up, but it has something either to do with abortion or, or something. Well, Georgetown, Georgetown, which is, um, uh, was founded on Christian principles. They hid the cross when Obama came to speak. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. so, so these are, these are Christian schools that are, I think, you know, being duped into, you know, in woke, if you know what I'm saying. And they need to stop. They need to say, no, we're putting our standard in the ground. And if you don't like it, don't come to our school. But this is what we believe. And this is what we're going to teach these kids because they deserve it. So we just have to stop being so timid. And because um, God doesn't doesn't want us to be timid. I mean, he gives us a spirit of um, of power and a strong mind, not of a spirit of fear. So the only reason people are timid is they're afraid of what someone's going to say about them or think about them. Right. What you should be worried about is what God thinks about you. You know, that's you know? really well said. Uh, I think his opinion outweighs everyone else's on this matter. And I go back exactly. to Joshua chapter one, where Joshua is told a number of times in that chapter to be strong and courageous, mm -hmm. very yes. courageous. That's what we're yeah. going to have to do, right, Nina? Oh, that's exactly right. And you have to be able—you have to be willing to take whatever the consequences are of that action of bravery, as Jesus did. I mean, look at Jesus. I mean, he defied the Sanhedrin. He called the the um, the the Pharisees the whitewashed tombs, and and uh, you know, on and on. He had names for them. He wasn't just going, oh well. God put you in the office, so I guess I better, you know, be really polite and sweet and nice and everything. He's going, no, God put you in the office, and you're totally messing it up. Right. He, he did not tell you to do this or do that or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, so I'm taking you down. And and I think we have to have that kind of courage. I mean, if we're Christians and we're led by the Spirit of the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, then we need to be as Christ-like as possible in all things. But what the left has done, they say, well, Jesus wouldn't do that. 
Well, how do you know? Do you know Jesus personally like I know? You go meet him. You go introduce yourself to him, accept him as your Lord and Savior. Then we'll have that conversation. That's right. Or just read the Bible. (laughs) Just read the word. Hey, Nina, we're up against a break. It's so great to have you with me again. And can't wait to check in with you next time. You bet. Absolutely. I look forward to it. Give us the website. Okay. It's dailybreadseries.com. And the first season has 12 episodes, and it's a lot of fun. You follow these seven millennial women who are cast and crew of a cooking show, and the solar flare hits. They go, now I've got to figure out how to survive. And it's actually a lot of fun. Oh, it sounds it's, great. It's got a lot of hope. All right, so, Nina. Bread series. Thank you so okay. much. And we'll be back you in a bet. moment, friends, right here on Afternoons with Mike. Turning 65 or already on Medicare? Have you tried to compare Medicare supplement plans? Are you sick and tired of the awful TV commercials where washed-up football players confuse you even more? Speak with a licensed independent insurance agent today. Call 407-965-4166 now. Or visit Affordable One Insurance in Winter Park, Florida, and discuss what is important for you. Be sure to ask us about dedicated senior medical centers. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Back again for segment three and on the line with me, somebody that I've just come to love. He's been on my program a couple of times already. Welcome back to Pastor Stephen Broden. He is the senior pastor at Fair Park Bible Fellowship over in our good, wonderful state of Texas. And he's also the executive director of the Content of Character series. Welcome back, Pastor Broden. It is my pleasure to be with you. Well, it's always great to talk with you. You bring, I believe, a viewpoint that we really need in this day and age. The last time you and I discussed uh, an an issue that had to do with the effeminization of uh, the black males in America, and that was an eye-opening discussion and just understanding the attempts that's going on in our culture to change the way not only adults think, but to indoctrinate young people, young uh, very young uh, students, and even in elementary, with these crazy things that are going on. And you've now, uh, there's a new article that I believe you've got out that has to do with Black Betrayal, the Pied Pipers of Self-Destruction. Now that just arrested me. Tell me about that. Well, what we're seeing uh, take place in our culture is a transformation away from our Judeo-Christian ethic, uh, that which undergirds who we are as a nation and has been responsible for the successes that we enjoy as a nation. Uh, The left, through a philosophy that was constructed by Antonio Grimsey uh, called cultural Marxism, which came to America as political correctness, is, is sort of infiltrating all the major institutions that influence us today. And one of the uh, efforts that the Marxists are using is to use the poor as a battering ram, a battering ram against the system. And what they've done is they've used the African-American community, the black community, as a means by which to mute the voice of opposition to their agenda by uh, cloaking their agenda behind uh, the race concerns that are 
in our community and in our nation. And, and effectively, they have bought off our leadership who are now ideologues, ideologues who are buying into this notion that America is a terrible nation, that it's, it's got an ugly past and, and that uh, its history, uh, relationships with the black community is a scarred one, uh, which is a message that is uh, not completely true in that we see that America has corrected a lot of the wrongs that were evident within itself at the beginning of the nation through the constitution of this great land and the uh, Declaration of uh, Independence, which opens the door for change, and it has changed. America has changed, and the way things were is not the way they are today. That's exactly That's a- right. I mean, you go, you look, go back and look at where we were in the Civil War. I mean, it's an obviously different country. And thanks Absolutely. be to God for what uh, Martin Luther King Jr. did uh, with the Civil Rights Movement, uh, the, the advances in our unity, right, has, right. It's, been, it's been outstanding, but not to hear that today. Right. And Martin Luther King just sort of pointed us in the direction where we should go, and our nation embraced it, embraced it, and, and has changed the way things are. However... The narrative of the left is to pull back the scab and to reveal those areas of sensitivity in our community. And the black leadership has bought into it and have been bought off, I should say, by the left in causing them to uh, produce a narrative that has caused confusion and division and strife in our culture. And chaos is their best friend. When I say uh, their best friend, it's the leftists. They use chaos in order to facilitate change, and that they're using the black community and black leadership to do that. When we look at where the Democratic Party has failed the black community, we see it in economic development, we see it in education, our kids are behind, there's no jobs in our community, and yet we keep voting for them because they have found a way to get our attention through the sensitive issues of race relationships and black leadership has championed that narrative to our own demise as a community. There is a need, a screaming need, for us as a community to confront these leaders and hold them accountable for the fact that they've done absolutely nothing to advance the the interest of our community and have been responsible for voting for those who are seeking to destroy this nation and putting them in office. Whenever we vote for a Democrat, we're voting for those who are seeking to undermine our nation and to destroy it and replace it with a socialistic paradigm. That message is not getting out there. Thank God to you, Mike, because you're allowing black conservatives to come to a platform like this and speak to a larger audience and to our community that there is an alternative perspective, an alternative narrative that we need to understand and know in order to push off what they are attempting to do or is doing, I should say, through a great deception Mm -hmm. that is being perpetrated upon our community. That deception is real. And I tell you, when you go back, Pastor Broden, when you go back and look at interviews that are going on, I mean, these aren't, I I don't believe, all contrived at all. There are plenty in the big cities, in the blue states especially, there are plenty of uh, those in the black community that are still buying into this notion that that uh, progressive left is pro 
uh, African-American. And when it, the actual truth is, it's not at all. And there's so much that uh, I believe that deception, they're pulling the wool over the eyes of people. Uh, they they just don't see it. And, and, and trying, uh, I can't imagine how helpful it is for them if they hear your voice, because you're somebody that, that now you remind me of a bellwether. You're out there ringing the bell, man. You're drawing attention to this thing that has, Absolutely. The, that has the potential to get some nods looking your way and say, I need to listen to this guy because you are speaking truth. And I, I, I would just love to say, as a pastor, uh, I, I so appreciate the, the way you've made this courageous, bold move to speak your mind and not not just shrink back in fear as a pastor. Thank you for doing that. Well, I think the hour, the urgency of the hour demands that all hands are on deck. Our republic is fading, and it is because of those inside who are are ripping the foundations apart because of a socialistic uh, ideology that's yeah. out there. But uh, as you know, uh, I think there is a level of biblical ignorance in America because the churches have failed to do their job to represent the truth in the public square. And that's especially true in the black community. Uh, the Bible makes it clear in Colossians 2 and 8, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophies empty deceptions according to the traditions of men and the elementary principles of the world. That stewardship responsibility is ours. See to it that no one takes you. God has equipped us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, and we have the capacity through the application of God's truth to be able to discern good and evil. That's not happening in the churches today. We're too busy naming it and claiming it, believing it and receiving it, calling it and hauling it and buying into the American dream such that people are are ignorant of the spiritual conflict that's going on in our country today. And because of that, the left and the forces of darkness are manipulating even God's people into buying into that deception. Uh, the, the Spirit expressly says in the latter days that some would fall away from the faith by paying attention to what? Deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Yes. And I submit to you that the Democratic Party is pushing doctrines of demons, same-sex marriage, gender fluidity, transgenderism, the redefinition of child molestation and pedophilia into a personal choice. That's all happening because there is a level of biblical ignorance that does not see the evil that's being perpetrated on our nation. And that's your job and mine to inform and educate our churches and God's people of the reality of the conflict that is going on in America today. It is spiritual. Now, I know that in your article, you bring up yet another big point, and that is uh, Stacey Abrams' views and writings and and a recent rant on abortion, and also just had uh, read some of the statements made by Raphael Warnock in Georgia, uh, who is also obviously running again. And the the fact that a pastor like him, a, a man who is a man of the cloth yet stands up and basically finds no problem in the word of God with abortion. Uh, that, that just boggles my mind. How do you answer a pastor on something like that? False prophet. Wow. They, they went out from among us, but they were not of us. 
they're false prophets. And the Bible warns us about that as well. That in the last days, these men will stand up. But he says in Jeremiah uh, chapter uh, 23, he says, I did not send them. They do not speak my words. That requires of us to know who God is and what his words are. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. We need to have such an, a, an acute awareness of the voice of God that we can identify these people as false prophets, but we don't because there is a, a ignorance, a biblical ignorance that is in the congregations, in the pews, and that is because they're false prophets who are leading them. These are not men of God. And Stacey Adams is preaching in churches right now. She's going into churches and declaring that she is a Christian. She is a lesbian, an open lesbian, and she doesn't know the word of God. She says that Deborah was a warrior. Deborah was not a warrior. She was a prophetess. And she did the warrior. She she was not a warrior. She didn't go fight that battle. But however, she's equating what she's doing with the warrior Deborah. And that's because people are ignorant. They're not able to identify what these false prophets are doing. Yeah. These are false prophets, which is another indication of just how spiritual things are right now. And it requires of us to know the word of God and to know what God is saying so that we can be discerning. Wow. Boy, I just love talking with you. You you just have so much common sense, my friend. I'm <laughs> that's something that seems to be in short supply around today. Absolutely. And 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 it comes from the word of God. Solid food, it says in Hebrews, solid food is for the mature through practice have their senses trained to recognize or discern good and evil. Uh, that's why we need solid. This milk is doing nothing for the church. Yep. It's not, and we've got to get to that solid food, and you're helping that in the in the way, and I so appreciate that. If you will, tell us the web address, how people can read not only about the content of character series, but maybe to get this article that you've written uh, as well. Sure. The, uh, the article, I think, is published in the American Thinker and in the Charismatic uh, Magazine. Our website is Content of Character Series dot uh, com content of uh, character series dot com and that's one word content of character series dot com and we'd love to have you come to our website see what we're doing our goal is to inform educate and activate the black community to uh, stand with the patriots and push back against uh, this uh, deliberate attempt to socialize our nation to the ramparts men and women Yep. The Republic is in danger. Yep. Our country is at a crossroads. I agree with it. Pastor Stephen Broden, thank you for joining me today. God bless you. And we'll see you friends next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.